Welcome back to another edition of Pod Clubhouse Press Pass. This is Paul. This is Caroline. And this time we're talking about the 2023 edition of Houston's biggest pop culture shenanigans, Comic Palooza. Yay! Yay, Comic Palooza. Well, you've gone there multiple years, and I know that our kids enjoy going too. So this is a family-friendly event, you guys. If you haven't never been there before, this is the type of thing that you can load up the car with all the kids, grandparents, whomever, and come out to Houston. It's held down at the George R. Brown Convention Center. It's huge. We always like to utilize the two hotels that are connected. There's the Hilton of the Americas, and there's also the Marriott that are connected to the convention center so that we do not have to venture out into the 100-plus heat. It was 123 today, Paul, 123. That's too hot, especially if you are cosplaying, trying to get your <laughs> your boob tape or whatever to hold on. Or if you have the pale skin of someone who might spend a lot of time reading comic books. Those two things together might say, I don't like a lot of heat. But also, it's just really, really handy if you do want to do that, because you can walk back to your room, go get a snack, a drink, whatever, or just take a little break in midday and then go back over to the con. So tell me a little bit about this, Paul. What type of year does this usually happen? I know they've changed because I know in the past they were pulling some shenanigans where they're doing it Mother's Day weekend. That's right. It had been running on Mother's Day weekend. It had been colliding with local graduations. Yes. And that all these things are problems. And then even last year, didn't wasn't there like a Buffalo Soldier celebration going on that was also going on right there at Discovery Green across the way? I can remember there being like a lot of people. Discovery Green is like a, an open space that we have very mini, 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 mini version of Central Park. I mean, teeny, tiny, I mean, teeny, like teeny, tiny. I mean, like a postage stamp version. Yeah, it is. But it's like right in the center of Houston. And it's the type of thing where they have like ice skating at Christmas time or like right now they're doing like movies at night out on the lawn, that type of thing. So that's right across the street. So maybe if you do have little kids who do need to like stretch their legs or whatever and you're at the con and you're like, you know what, let's get outside for a little bit. You can do that across the way at Discovery Green. Yeah. So when the pandemic hit, that screwed up all their plans. They were one of the, they, they waited as long as they could before they canceled, but then they eventually did cancel 2020 and then 2021 came and they pushed it. They pushed it to July and that was late. They didn't get quite the attendance they wanted, but they wanted to have a con rather than just have it die, mm -hmm. you know? So last year, things get going back on track again. This year, things are pretty much on track in a good weekend. It's Memorial Day weekend. Do you think they'll stick with that? Do you, do you think they finally found like a sweet spot? Because I know moving to July was was very awkward, but them them having it all those years on Mother's Day weekend also like Not cocked a yeah. Well, it made a lot of eyebrows go up and definitely be like, this Memorial Day weekend thing seemed to work out a lot better. They've had different years. So I'd say the pandemic really messed them up because they were starting to grow into like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday event. And this year they only had Friday afternoon, but no panels that were featuring any celebrities. So then full Saturday and Sunday with the following Monday being Memorial Day and that being a federal holiday for most people anyway. Yeah, I think they're still getting back on track from where they were pre-pandemic. But date-wise, I think this is a superior date. 
you know what? I know I'm remembering that July date was very sus with um, San Diego. Like, I remember us having to be like, oh, I don't know if we're going to be able to do Comic Palooza and do San Diego. Yeah, it was Comic-Con. like week after week after week. Yeah, yeah, it was like there was too much going on in July. So I'm happy that they scooted it at the start of summer because then it feels a little bit like it's kind of kicking off the season a lot for us. Right. Which is great. I love that so much. So what celebrities managed to come to Houston this year? Well, this year they had a pretty healthy panel of celebrities, including stars from the recent Wakanda Forever movie. They had a large panel from the show Arrow, which has been off the air a couple of years, but still has a strong following, people that, that really enjoyed the show. They had a few actors from The Boys. They had a couple actors from The Vampire Diaries. Then they had a smattering of other uh, standalones uh, like William Shatner or Chad Coleman came by himself. Alakwa Cox came by herself. And these were all very interesting people to to listen to. I, I heard all those single celebrities give their spiels and they were they were also as interesting as the uh, as the panels. So tell me about some of the big panels that you were looking forward to. For me, since I co-host uh, Podcast V with Inez and Kat, here on Pod Clubhouse, I was very much interested to hear what the boys had to say. They were supposed to be sort of the boys panel last year, mm-hmm. and it very much petered out, and they only managed to send one actress who, ironically, doesn't have any lines in the show. So she got to have the panel all to herself, which was great. We got to hear a lot. And Given who else was coming or supposed to come with her last year, I don't know if she would have gotten a word in edgewise. And so I'm glad she came alone last year. Yeah. So this year, it was supposed to be Anthony Starr. He plays Homelander. There's Aaron Moriarty, who plays Starlight, and Jack Quaid, who plays Huey. They were also supposed to have, instead of Aaron Moriarty, they were supposed to have Carl Urban, who plays Billy Butcher. Mm. And uh, he dropped out about three weeks before the event. Which again, for you guys who are not like maybe avid con goers, that's not unusual at all to have a, to have some amount of kind of flexibility near to the, the start of a con. You're going to have people dropping out, people being added, panels being taken away, even room changes, all kinds of stuff. So so that's not unusual for this to happen. And, and you know, you're always going to have a couple of people who can't make it at the last minute. So Urban, I know he's coming with a TV show, but he's also kind of coming as Dr. McCoy from Star Trek. He's also coming as the writer of Rohan from Lord of the Rings. He's also coming as the bad guy from from the third Thor movie. He's been in a lot of genre stuff, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so he would have been kind of a huge get for the Houston market. And it's too bad he dropped out. But They replaced him with another major star from the show, Aaron Moriarty, and the panel was great, except for one thing. The moderator asked all the people with questions to line up at the beginning of the panel before he was done with his questions. Oh, that usually causes quite a bit of problems with being able to see and or hear people up on the stage because just a line of people now in the aisle create like a body block, right? Where you can't see through them. It's like you make a better door than a window. You want to yell at people. And also people tend to kind of 
chat quietly with people around them when they're standing in those lines. And that also creates a distraction. So I can understand why you might not love that. If you listen to our coverage of ATX Television Festival, we talked about how they went to like an index card system in the last couple of years where audience members just write it down what their question is and they pass those stuff to the moderator and then they just read them. So there's never a chance of that sort of disruption of having this distraction of people standing and everything. But also you avoid the whole like, I saw this with my grandpa and yeah. he has cancer. And you're like, no, don't go down that road. We don't want to hear. Well, and you get back to like, now I've been to San Diego and you know what they do when they call for people in line in San Diego? The people in line, they sit down. These are people that have been sleeping, you know, outside the hall for uh, two days. And somehow they still have like this con code of ethics <laughs> built in it's like i'm not going to stand in your way so they're so they're standing in line in the aisle but then they'll they just sit, sit down. on the floor okay that makes yeah. sense i mean partially i get what you're saying they're just like straight up tired <laughs> so i hope that cons in general like kind of move over to this index card thing because i am agreeing with you that i don't really love it when all the audience like is either either their physical bodies are standing in the way of the panels or i don't like it when again they like sort of bogart our time and we end up with like no actual question being asked the card system at ATX. It worked fine. I mean, you may not get that one-to-one -one connection that you think you're getting on stage, but you know what? They can't see you. Right. And, and so... And because of the spotlights and all that stuff. Right. So it's really the rest of the audience that's at stake here. But super good manners to like pass around. If you guys are listening and you're like, I've never been to a con before, consider at least if you're going to stand up and go stand in the line, you know, kind of look around a little, be a little bit of aware of your surroundings. And if it seems like you're in people's way, maybe crouch down or sit down or kind of just, you know, duck out of the way while people are still watching the panel before it's your turn. So just a quick little PSA from Pod Clubhouse that, you know, be a little bit of aware during panels where you're standing. The panel itself, the content was funny and good. The Boys is a hard R-rated show. Mm. And so the panel itself was pretty R-rated. You know, if you're a parent and you're a fan of The Boys and you came with your five-year-old, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, the, you you know, know? they could use at one of these cons? A playpen of some sort. Yeah, like I'm thinking like an IKEA playscape kind of thing that they just like is like some sort of like you could just check your kids in. Even like gallery furniture here in Houston has like a playscape you can check your kids into. They should totally offer that for especially for panels. They should have like a room that just has like comic book fun stuff. I would totally run this room, obviously, right? This is like Caroline's Corner, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, you can like check your kid in for like an hour at a time or something like that to go to like a panel. And just like the YMCA, you have to tell me what room you're going to be in. Like, are you in group fitness? I need to know that. Or are you over in the weights? If you are, you in the boys or are you going to be over in Vampire Diaries? Like, I need to know if I have to come get you. Do you have to leave like a shoe? Definitely. So, so I need a shoe and your driver's license, your car keys. I want everything because you're going to forget that kid, but you're not going to forget the rest of this stuff. I want your prized comic book. <laughs> it was a good panel. Anthony Starr is a handful in real life. He plays Homelander, so he is the enemy of everybody. Yeah, he was definitely a handful on stage. He seemed like he wanted to have uh, a fist fight with, oh. a, with a small child somewhere <laughs> in the audience who kept talking while he was talking. Oh, no. And oh no! you know how there's that, <laughs> that point of humor can, can include repetition. Yeah. That there's an ethereal part that pure comics know that once they reach it, even though the last 75% of the times of that joke have sucked, once you reach that line, it starts being funny again, right? Okay. But the trouble was, he didn't know where that line was, and he just kept going. It was a decent panel, very funny. 
Uh, if you see them coming to your town, you'll be entertained by what they have to say. Jack Quaid and Aaron Moriarty, they play a couple on screen and they are not together in real life, but they do have uh, a warm, kidding, professional uh, chemistry together that made it so that they were sort of them two against Anthony Starr. But maybe that was just the line blocking the, them <laughs> from, from him. So maybe that's how I saw it. There was also a large panel from Arrow. This one had Stephen Amell as Arrow himself, Oliver Queen, Colton Haynes, who played Roy slash Arsenal. It also had Rick Gonzalez, who played Wild Dog, and Joshua Segura, who played Adrian Chase, who was the major villain one season on Arrow. And uh, they came out and, and they just reminisced about the show. And it was very entertaining to see them because they still very much had a lot of friendly chemistry between them all. Uh, Joshua let drop that he was going to appear on the upcoming season of Heels, which he wasn't supposed to. Steven is very much the boss. Whatever he is working on, he is the boss. Even if he is not technically the boss, I believe he finds a way to become the boss. You could tell by the look on his face. Like this he wasn't um he wasn't very happy that that he had let it drop. And then Colton Hey, that's some good tea you're spilling there. Yeah, yeah. And then but Colton, he had a good example of of repetition of uh, his humor because every chance he got he kept bringing up how in future seasons he and Rick were going to appear on Heels also, even though there's no plans for that whatsoever. That's funny. <laughs> yes, yes. He was pretty funny. Entertaining group. They they all really have very complimentary things to say with Stephen. I've gotten to talk to Stephen twice before in person, and he is a commanding intense individual it's, it's just cool to see that, that rubs off in a way that for instance someone asked about the like the stunt work and stuff on the show and they wear masks you mm -hmm. know so they can trade in stunt performers without any big deal but i guess from the get-go on arrow steven was doing as much as possible i remember that we covered heels season one and i remember that being the talk about that too that he was like not really very eager to let other people do the stunts that he really did want to be a hands-on person i don't know if that's just something we read in interviews or if that was just like the the vibe we got off of like the stuff we were seeing but i mean he certainly bulked up for the role you know on heels and certainly you know was strong and, and yeah. like could be very athletic, you know, in, in his own right. And so, you know, sometimes you have people who are like, there's no way. <laughs> right. He's a hard worker. He's a big guy. Uh, he does a good job on the show. And he had a lot to say about heels, a little bit to say about heels, like when it's coming back, when you expect a trailer. There'll be a trailer coming out this summer and the show should return late summer. He wasn't sure on the exact timing. Sure. Well, I mean, with writer Strike and everything else, I feel like a, a lot of art entertainment is in flux right now. Luckily, this is all ready. I mean, this is yeah. shot and, and No, ready. I mean, that's amazing. And thank goodness we are going to need some fresh TV because I have been... <laughs> have been inundated with all kinds of reality show and uh, game shows. Lots of game shows. Barf. <laughs> it's all superheroes all the time at Comic Palooza. It's kind of built into the name. So the other big major panel that I got to sit in on with, with panelists was the Wakanda Forever actually not featuring any Wakandans. We had Tenoch Huerta, who played Namor, the, the bad guy. And we had Dominique Thorne. She played Riri Williams, the kind of the Iron Man successor that was in that movie. And how are they? They don't share a whole lot of screen time. So they had like weird 
set stories to share. Normal, weird meaning what? Weird, like they never really like they they just it wasn't like a together story. It was like just no, but they work. They, they I mean they worked together a little bit, and they had a lot of respect for each other's work. Some interesting tidbits include that if you recall from the movie, um, the Atlanteans were Mayans. Okay, they still spoke Mayan. Right. For the movie, they hired Mayan scholars to teach them phonetically the language that would actually be real had they had that been the case. That's very cool. I love when when they do something like that to try to make it more authentic. For a comic book movie, that's kind of the extra mile. No, I think that's wonderful. And <laughs> I mean, know? you're laughing, but you're not one of those people that take comic book movies lightly. Oh, no. I mean, or, I, or look down on them as like lesser entertainment. It's complicated business, man. You got to remember a whole lot of stuff to keep up with the story. So it's it's amazing and great that they went. I I mean I I appreciate that that they're trying to create these worlds that feel so much more real to us. Oh, I was think I was laughing in that. That's an area where if they fudged it a lot, most of us would never notice because would, it is. But it does, in this day and age, though, I feel like it's straight to the Twitter with that. Like the second one person heard a mispronunciation who did know better would be quick to blow up the, the spot and say like, uh, they're mispronouncing all these words and they'd be real quick to complain, right? Come on now. I shouldn't even say Twitter. They would be over on a Reddit. <laughs> right. Interesting um, kind of parallel, Dominique Thorne, her character went to MIT in the movie and in real life, she went to Cornell. So she's a pretty smart cookie and actually on stage, she came off more put together, more intelligent, more better spoken than her supposed to be, you know, world class, brilliant character did. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. I always love it when you learn a little bit more about the actual actors and it turns out that they are so different or so similar to their onstage characters. I think that that's always cool, right? That you get to kind of understand a little bit about them and their personalities we actually have two special guests, Paul, that are going to be joining us in this episode because two of our kiddos went to Comic Palooza this year and they, they go most years actually, um, but they were not with you this year. They were actually with a third person and they got to go and kind of do what they wanted rather than having to follow dad around and uh, <laughs> to see what dad wants to see. So we're going to bring them on and they're going to come talk to us a little bit about some of the stuff that they saw and did. Okay, so our first guest is Jack. And Jack, you got a chance to see quite a few things over at Comic Palooza. But we're going to start off. You want to talk about K pop. What did you see? I saw girls dressed like schoolgirls, and they were pretty good on the dance moves. What were they doing? They were dancing to K pop, especially on songs I've never heard of. Oh, yeah. So are you into K pop? Did you enjoy that exhibit? Well, yes, I did. Is it something that you think you'd pursue now that you saw it at Comic Palooza? Is it something you'd want to like listen to at your own house? Yes. I mean, I'd rather listen to that on my walks. Very cool. What about the Legos area? I heard that they had a nice display there. Oh, yeah. They certainly did. I mean, they had this huge mural made of Lego tablets. I took part of it. One tablet. Tell me, what, what does it mean, a huge mural of Lego tablets? It was supposed to be a mural of a Texas cartoon, you know, with some sort of mascot in the state of Texas. 
cool. Very cool. So is this something that there was like a table you could buy Legos at or it was just like a display or like a like an exhibition of like things that Legos could do? They had both. Yes. Okay. And then also, I know you enjoy checking out the cars that they have all decorated. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, they uh, had a lot of airbrush on them, fancy coats. There was also the Speed Racer and the car from Greece, believe it or not. What? They certainly did. I can't believe that. That's awesome. So now is Comic Palooza something that you would recommend that kids go to? Do you feel like it's something that they would enjoy? You've been to lots of different cons. Do you enjoy Comic Palooza? Yes, I do. I really enjoy it. I think kids should really enjoy this. Thanks so much for coming on today, Jack. We appreciate it. You're quite welcome. One of the things that I love that they have for kids that always makes me smile because I'm a library lover is they have like a huge library table that you can get a library card at and they have like books there and they're talking about all their summer programs and stuff. I always think that's kind of cool that they that they remind people that like you can love comic books, but like you can also read comic books at the library. And actually, our local library has quite a few comic books you can actually check out did you even realize that paul that the library has comic books no no i did not they totally do and you should definitely check that out the con has had kind of a mixed history with what they call their literary track where they try to attract major authors to come and when i started attending comic palooza they were having a really strong run of major authors that i wanted to hear from not just comic book authors but novelists and they held all kinds of panels to, to talk about writing, genres, you know, just in-depth discussions about becoming a writer or things to do if you're an up-and-coming writer. Very interesting stuff. And in recent years, it seems like they have de-emphasized that a little bit. This year, though, they attracted Terry Brooks, who is a pretty well-known major fantasy author to come. They did not have quite as many local and um, kind of mid-level authors. So that was kind of a bummer. So the literary track didn't have as many panels as usual. But Terry Brooks, I mean, in the novelist world, he's pretty major. That's and, awesome. Yeah. I, I love it that they're kind of just trying to expose some different parts to how you can enjoy the same type of entertainment, but like in different ways. Like you could enjoy it through a novel or something else. Yeah. Or music, for that matter. Well, it looks like our second guest has appeared here in the studio. I love it. This is Miss Elizabeth, and she's here to talk to us about a couple of things that she saw. She was also there to just wander and get to see her own thing. Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for inviting me. Hey, Elizabeth, what was your favorite display that you saw? The NASA display. That's very cool. I know that they put out a lot of information about coming to visit NASA, the Space Center, and also different things that, you know, activities and stuff they have at NASA. Also, Bit, I know that you checked out the art that was all around the con. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, there were some different kinds of artists all around the world, including the ones from Japanese anime. So one of my favorite parts about it is seeing all the different kinds of artists who came here. Yeah, I love that too, because some people use like watercolor paints and some people are over there like crocheting things or making things out of wood or all kinds of stuff. So I love that you checked out all of the art. Was there any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff you saw? Are you uh, talking about the Mew and Mayhem one or the one that we saw last year on Netflix? Oh, I'm talking about this one this year. The Mew and Mayhem one with the one with Seth Rogen in it? Yeah. 
that's going to be some awesome art that's coming out, isn't it? Of course. Can't wait. And then you also just wanted to talk about nerd rap. What is that? I'm not sure. It's probably got to do with nerds who can't rap. <laughs> is that true? Uh, I guess so. Oh my gosh, you're so funny. Well, what was your very favorite thing about going to Comic Palooza? Why do you like to go there every year? Well, you know, my dad always gets to go. Yeah. So, do you like the food, and do you like the? Do you get to see all the costumes? Yes, and yes. Did you see any cool costumes this year? Well, no, not exactly. I didn't get to wear my dog Tanyan costume this year. You didn't. Do you plan to wear it next year? Well, yes. This is definitely the type of con where you can cosplay and wear whatever you like, right? Right. Awesome. Thanks so much, Elizabeth, for coming out today. Do you recommend that, that parents bring their kids to this event? Of course they can. Yeah? Is it a good one for kids? Or do you think like, nah, no kids should come? Good. Good one for kids. I love it. Thank you so much for a kid point of view from Miss Elizabeth. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, Paul, what kind of things did you see on the exhibition floor that caught your eye this year? They had the usual mix of people from comic book shops selling their stuff. They had creators like artists, writers, craftspeople selling their stuff. There were a couple of books that I bought from local authors that interested me. This see there was a local like tech theater supplier. So they had like all of the supplies that you would need for costuming and makeup and all that kind of stuff. They had a large booth there with demos running and videos running and you could come and talk to them and buy all sorts of supplies if you needed to create like professional level their their supplier for like the theaters here in Houston. I wanted to mention before we go really quick there were a couple of individual panels that were really terrific. There was uh William Shatner who Caroline and I have seen before. Oh my gosh. So that was amazing when we saw him. We saw him actually at the Galveston Opera House. That sounds right. And he um, he was doing like his one man show. And it was so incredible because we were able to do this VIP backstage pass. And he was just back there sitting on a stool and you could come up and talk to him. Paul, my very reserved Paul, went full force. <laughs> William Shatner and hugged him harder than he hugged me on our wedding day, I would say. <laughs> and I can't do the impression of him justice. So I'm going to ask Paul to do it. I think he was about 80 right then. Yep. 80. And you have just put on a, a 90 minute show without an intermission. And you're been on your feet that whole time. Just imagine that. Okay. You're that guy. You and you're Captain Kirk. So then uh, a line of people who haven't touched you come by and get their poster signed after saying a few nice things to you. And then the very last guy comes and flings his big orangutan arm around you. That'd be Paul. And then he goes, <laughs> easy, Paul. <laughs> I totally remember that he said, whoa, Paul. So funnier that he said, easy, Paul. Easy, Paul. It was so funny and amazing. And he loved on Paul and it was very cute and very adorable. And so Shatner has a special little place in our heart. He signed t-shirts for us and we even auctioned some stuff off for, for our daughter's auction um, that he had signed. And it was amazing. So definitely that would be a great one to always see. Well, now he's 90 and he doesn't actually need prepared remarks anymore. He can tell a long rambling series of stories and have them all come full circle without having planned any of it. It was amazing. It seemed like in what he was telling us, it seemed like he had lost the thread 
several times and he never did. He always came back to what he was saying. I love that he stayed sharp like that and that he still is willing to come and do these public events because Lord knows he should be done by now if he wants to be. And I love it that he just keeps it up. The other major one that I wanted to talk about was Alakwa Cox. She played Echo in the Hawkeye series that came out around Christmas time last year or even the year before. She's getting her own show called Echo. If you didn't watch that show, she played a henchman for the Kingpin and she was deaf on the show. Okay. It turns out she's deaf in real life. Now, this is important to us because our eldest daughter is deaf blind. And so we always enjoy when there's good representation and genuine representation. Always amazing. And uh, that's cool. So she uses sign and, and other. I know that a lot of people use gestures and, and other things or things that it, it's a technical term is like home signs where it's not exactly exactly ASL. Yeah, the, she's the real deal. All real signs they had. She had a lot to say about about inclusion and her working with Marvel, her auditioning process, how she in fact also has an amputated lower leg. So, and she is also Native American. So she fit a very small niche that, that Marvel was looking for when they needed to cast her character. And she excelled at it so much that they're giving her her own show. And this was her first IMDb credit. That's you know? amazing. I, I give that entire situation so much credit from top to bottom from from her. And she obviously must have had tremendous work ethic and professionalism and everything to be there and do everything she needed to do to to sell the idea that like she could be trusted and we could put like a franchise on her back like that and be able to continue on with her. I never really thought about the idea of like amputees being like a part of the Marvel world because I don't really know individual characters like how their costuming and everything works but i know that it's like some of them have you know like weapons or have like certain things as part of their appendages so really i feel like that should like blow the doors open into any actor who who has something like that where they where they're like this would actually fit the character that makes me like very happy to think like like i know um i'm thinking back over to death proof right like if you're gonna have someone with a machine gun leg <laughs> Right. I mean, I'm saying like very cool that there's actually like a real opportunity there for somebody to to be able to play that role who is missing that leg and can show like it would be very cool to show like, look at this, like, look at how amazing this person is and all the things they can do, you know, despite having this obstacle to overcome. Very cool. And I think is like in the spirit of Marvel, right? In the spirit of the comic books of like overcoming something that's like, oh, my gosh, it just seems impossible. Well, I think Marvel saw it your way because they weren't casting an amputee. They were just casting an, an, an indigenous person who knew ASL. And they got an indigenous person who was actually deaf and an amputee. And that yeah. was... Good for them. Yeah. Good for the casting department. I'm glad that they like went that extra mile. And I'm glad that they didn't like shut down just because it's not the way it's always been done in the past. I'm glad that they were like, yeah, let's just go for this. Let's it sounded just see like, how it goes. It and, sounded like they had to kind of gear up from Hawkeye to Echo okay. in that she had the support that she needed on Hawkeye, but only the support that she needed. But on Echo, this is her show. So now she's surrounded by people that can talk to her in ASL and a motivated staff and crew that is also kind of learning ASL so that they can interact with her. I mean, she described all kinds of things that people might not have 
had any access to the answers like they were asking about her prosthetic a little bit she's like well you have different ones for different needs and, and like just and what happens if one breaks well marvel would have fixed it if it got broken like all these kind of personal questions but she was being very forthcoming about about all that stuff i'm so glad that they, they had that conversation because it i know you're kind of laughing a little bit and i know that's just part of your personality of how you My deliver charm. information but i mean as parents of three special needs kids i mean i really really am glad that they're normalizing conversations around things like that like what do you do if your prosthetic breaks you know most of the population hasn't considered any type of question like that and so that's something that is enlightening people and understanding and guess what the next time that they see someone at the grocery store or at the library or wherever who is an amputee they will have a completely different feel around those individuals and have more i just think understanding you know of what their day-to-day -day life looks like and obstacles they might have that kind of thing i'm so glad what a cool platform for comic palooza to give her and for marvel to give her and good on her for taking that opportunity to speak up and be just open about it speaking of comic palooza in that panel they had as many asl interpreters as it took they had one speaking to her and for her okay. for the audience and then this panel attracted other deaf and deaf blind people oh, yeah. to come so and, our daughter is deaf blind for you guys who, who are new listeners to us and so the deaf people would sign to their to that interpreter that per interpreter would say what that person was saying to the audience verbalize it but then alakwa's translator would have seen what the person was saying in the first place or if they didn't then they would just interpret what the interpreter was saying aloud for the rest of us very complicated huh and, yeah well and when, when the deafblind person arrived i could tell that that was a totally different interpreter because he was interacting initially with her back and then when it came time to interact she began to use both hands which is a deaf blind mode of interaction and that was another kind of multi-step relay relay situation but comic palooza and these individuals and alakwa were all ready and able and it went off without a hitch so congratulations to everybody involved there yeah and that's complicated paul and i have attended conferences where the majority of the audience was deafblind it was actually a conference for people who are deafblind so the the topics were deafblind related but the audience were deafblind individuals and we were there as parents of a deafblind individual and we were trying to keep up but oh my goodness the amount of times when they would have to change out interpreters because it was so exhausting they would have i mean some of these individuals had people signing on their back and that is called pro tactile sign which is it's it's a more complicated but it tells you more environmental things than the sign that's happening in your hands so if you're deafblind the person sitting in front of you is signing to you like what the person is verbalizing so if the person on stage was saying like oh this is how i used my costume that's what they'd be saying but if people in the audience were laughing or if somebody said something um or there was more environmental things maybe a chair fell over something that's what would be signed on their back so that they're getting all the environmental information that's going on as well as what's being spoken those are very different modes of communication but also like if you think about it those are all the things that you would pick up as a hearing person or a seeing person so very cool and very amazing way to go someplace like comic palooza like they are where people who are hearing and sighted and maybe don't have any special needs people in their lives 
are getting an opportunity to see this other way to communicate. That makes mom's heart, my heart over here, really feel so warm and fuzzy because it just makes me feel like, I mean, you can say you're inclusive. You can say everyone comes and, and, and we welcome everyone. But when you bring the actual interpreters and you have the right people there to communicate, then you've really done it. And so bravo to Comic Palooza for making sure that that was handled properly. You could have messed it up. <laughs> so that was Very really easily. I mean, that that could go on there. If, if there was like a con, like award show, that could go on their demo reel. Yeah, that's really impressive. Well, that's pretty much it for Comic Palooza. Uh, I attended both days. I went to as much as my little legs could get me to. I, I mispacked my bag. And Let's so, talk about that for just a second. So usually on these, we usually talk about things like what to wear, things to pack, things you might want to know just in case if you're staying. We've already recommended that you stay at one of the hotels that are connected to the convention center. It's just so much easier. You can park your car. It's easy. With We stayed at the Hilton. I had the kiddos over there so Paul could go and we could kind of meet up with him and do stuff as we needed to. But there was like a Starbucks down down in the lobby. It was all very well done. We had, we had plenty. We had a little bit of an issue with our room. They corrected it right away, which was fantastic. When it comes to what you can wear, cosplay is definitely recommended at this one. Very, very appreciated there, I want to say, as opposed to we were talking about ATX with you guys before, and we said, don't come dress yeah. <laughs> in here. Like, I, I want for whatever reason, the cosplay that came to my head, Paul, this is so silly, is like a kiss cosplayer. That's what just came to my mind. I was going to be like, don't be wearing your like Gene Simmons, like platform boots. Like, why would someone be wearing that at this? They wouldn't, Paul. Well, they, they could. <laughs> But that's a little silly. That's not exactly who's coming to these exactly. But still, it, it just, is, just the idea that you can and you should if you would like to. It, and it is a fairly family-centered con where, oh, yeah, where they I haven't really so. thrown off the shackles of appropriateness. So, yeah, you will see a couple of scantily clad, you know, women, but that doesn't seem to be the focus here. I don't think so, it yeah. It seems to be more like bring your five-year-olds yeah yeah so i wear shorts to this yeah this is a shorts so shorts and t-shirts are totally appropriate there's food trucks outside if you want to venture out there but there's also plenty of food and drinks inside where you don't have to go out if you don't want to again it's hot here guys so you know if you're somebody who feels like you need extra something you know cooling towel on your neck if you need whatever go for it but honestly the air conditioning is pretty darn great here and uh the george r brown they, they've got it under control. Like they always have like good food, good bathrooms, good everything. Like everything's taken care of. I look forward to going every year to Comic Palooza, seeing who they bring out in terms of the celebrity guests, seeing what tweaks they make. Every year they mature as a con. I can remember years where the volunteers didn't seem to know very much. I would say in this year, the volunteers all were actually proactive in, in helping people. They, they knew that if they had to pass this corner, there was a probably a very good reason that they were going to XYZ panel, right? Mm -hmm. So rather than wait to be told or be hard to find, they were just announcing William Shatner down here, the XYZ down there. And that's smart. Cause yeah. I know that there were there, I mean, at lots of cons, you're trying to figure out where to go. And this is, it's not like it was like complicated. Don't get me wrong. Like George R. Brown is laid out, like well laid out, right? I mean, it's numbers and letters It's not complicated, but it is easy to get turned around and certainly, you know. Well, to that point years ago, maybe 10 years ago, you know, like she said, all the rooms already have numbers on them. But the organizers put new numbers 
on all of them that didn't match the old numbers. Oh, so in the program, it said go to room XYZ, but you're like, but all the rooms say 302, 304. And it's like, uh, so they learned, they, they learn, they evolve, they adapt. That's great. And so it wasn't like that this year. No. They're, they, I, you know what? I think that this, we have such cute pictures of our guys. I mean, our kids are older now, guys, but I mean, our kids were so tiny. We have pictures of them in a Batman suit and a little Robin outfit. And they were like six. And yeah. it's so cute. It's Elizabeth dancing with the K-pop girls and just adorable. I freaking love it. So this is this is a con that's like close to my heart because we've been going for so long and our kids have just enjoyed it so much. So I'm so glad you got to go see again. Thank you so much to Comic Palooza for furnishing Pod Clubhouse with a press pass. Always amazing. Always appreciated. Thank you very much. This has been Paul. This is Caroline. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Five stars will help other people find it as well. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you. Pod Clubhouse.